Hello and welcome. This is Tommy Beal with the Level Up Podcast, and today I'm joined by Linda Whitwer. Hey, Tommy. Linda's really cool. I've known her for a good amount of my life because her son and I grew up a bit together. We traveled to Boston and New York, mm-hmm. and did we go to any other states? We were in Connecticut. Oh, just Connecticut. Just a little side trip, yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. And I, I know Linda because her and her husband run a chiropractic practice nearby that my, my father goes to, and he just absolutely loves it. It's one of the best ones he's ever been to. And so we just grew up going to that, and then um, her son was homeschooled a bit. So I got to know her, and I decided to bring her on the podcast today because I was really thinking about different people I know who are really passionate about their life. And I realized, you know, Linda and Dave are just super passionate. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that you would be a, a perfect fit for this. So I decided to bring you on. So thank you very much. So to give you a little backstory, Linda is 58, she, 58 years old. She's quite tall and her makeup always looks pristine. <laughs> so I thought we'd, that's to give you a, a visual idea. So anyways, so I thought we'd, we'd walk a little bit through your life and talk about a few different of the things that, that you've done through your life. Because I think it's really interesting. You have had some really interesting attitudes. So did you grow up in California? Born and raised, Los Altos. In Los Altos, okay. And then when you got into your teenage years, you went to Stanford, right? Yeah, college at Stanford, yeah. Yeah, and then you got got into swimming in college, and then you had, you, you, it sounds like you really learned how to work hard to do in swimming. Was yeah, it, was swimming it there? Yeah, a lot there to work, but we started swimming, my brother and I started when we were 12, so growing up, oh, and really? then that culminated to going to Stanford, yeah, and that's wow. how I swam in college, first two years. Wow, wow. Did your brother go too? No, my brother didn't. He stopped swimming, but he, we started at the same time, so he stopped swimming um, maybe when he was 14. Uh-huh. Hmm, yeah, okay. And then what I think is really interesting is, is through this through this process of doing swimming, Linda actually ended up becoming a really, really high-end swimmer and and even competing in the Olympics and things like that. But the yep. really, really interesting thing about it is Linda doesn't really see it as like, oh, I was doing something really impressive. It was like, it just made sense because you, you've got this attitude where you just keep working harder and it just, the next step kind of makes sense. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, so goals are real important, and I didn't really realize goals back then. I didn't mention this before, but I have like a scrapbook that I put together, and there's a picture of Mark Spitz uh-huh. in there uh, when he won his seventh gold medal, and I have like the Olympic rings. So I was 72, so I was 12, and that's when I started swimming the Olympic rings, and I was like, oh, I wish I could be like that. Oh wow! So when it wasn't like I started swimming with the intention of becoming an Olympian, but as I improved, I always tried to beat myself and do better. Uh-huh. And just, I was, I think I was very coachable. So by doing that, eventually once I got into the realm where I was more competitive on the national scene and the, and it became options, then I did want to get there. Hmm. But it was working, just continual improvement to get there. Hmm. Wow. That's so Literally from like dead last to first. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you were saying you were, yeah. you were like not such a good swimmer. At yeah. First. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So just because you're last in the beginning doesn't mean you'll be last at the end. <laughs> and then I thought what was really interesting is one thing that probably most of us don't think about is when you really focus on becoming an athlete, there, there's only so long that career can last. And at the end of it, you've got to decide what else do I do with my life? And you had a really interesting experience because that happened at 20. Yeah, so because in the 80 Olympics, um, 
so I was a sophomore in college, but we boycotted the 80 Olympics. Uh So I could still swim through college. Um, I had two more years, but I lost the love of the sport. Hmm. I always loved going to practice. Not always, but I enjoyed practice. (laughs) I enjoyed training. I enjoyed all those aspects of it. But after the 80 boycott, I started to lose interest in that. I wasn't as... Mm. It became more of a chore. I didn't want to go out hating uh, swimming. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have good memories. So, um, mm. And I was not happy. And my father said, if you don't enjoy it, just quit. You know, I'll help you finish college. So uh-huh. I did. And so then, I think when we were talking, the benefit of that to me was it made me decide what I want to do next. Because, you know, uh-huh. when you look at the Olympics, like, oh, great, she was, you know, a potential medalist in the Olympics and then they boycotted it. It's so terrible. And it was. It was very disappointing. You work mm. hard towards that for all those years. There's a lot of swimmers I know today that still have a harder time because of that. But wow. in reality, it opened up new doors for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment it was really hard, but on the other side of it, it was a good thing. Mm. And then what was the, the, the first door that you took when you came out of college? The first door? Yeah, the, the first the, the first uh, type of work you did. So I was a recruiter for, um, like, um, so my first job out of college, uh, it was really funny, too, because I was in college, <laughs> and I remember I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My girlfriend and I were studying in the library, and we were juniors, the uh-huh. end of our junior year, and we were seniors the next year, and we're like, oh, my gosh, we need to figure out what to do to get a job. <laughs> and we're like, oh, it'll be okay. That's all we did. There was nothing <laughs> intentional about it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I got to get a job and do things. And um, so I got a job. I just tried different things, but I ended up getting a job with a, like a temporary agency, like yeah. recruiting. And that's what I did for a few years. And then I moved into sales uh-huh. with AT&T. And you moved into it because you told me that that you, you figured out how to work really hard. You took the same attitude in swimming and you were always challenging yourself and growing yourself. And you realized that there's like... There's, there's a ceiling with certain type of jobs like that. You can only make so much. Yeah. But then you realized when you worked, when you worked in sales, um, the sky could be the limit. Yeah. To a certain extent in sales, it, it gives you more control over your income level, which I definitely liked. It also mm-hmm. gave you a little more freedom because you could be out and about. So as long as you were performing and, and making sales, uh-huh. um, didn't matter as much as you are. You weren't just there in a cubicle mm-hmm. all the time. So mm-hmm. I really did like that and it's a little scary because it's more (laughs) on your shoulders so there's a lot of accountability on there but it's one or the other Hmm. that's true yeah different alternatives and then how long did you did you work in in sales so i was in sales with at&t for let me think about that Five years. Okay. So I worked in sales with AT&T for five years. Wow. And I th- what I think is really cool, which you probably won't mention, but I think it's really cool, is you, is you skyrocketed to one of the top five salesmen in, in the, the country. country. Yeah. And yeah, you, for my division. Yeah. Do you think that was because you had the, the same attitude where you just kept improving yourself? And Yeah. I kept working. I'd watch people who were successful and kind of listen to what they did and how they talked and and some people would help, some people wouldn't then. Um, we did different training courses. Actually, AT&T, what they did, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of entrepreneurial, but getting a little corporate experience is really good. Hmm. Um, so when I went to AT&T, you get hired and you're salaried at that time, and then you're sent to Denver, Colorado, Aurora, Colorado for three weeks. Mm-hmm. For training and you live in a hotel with roommates and there's a class so yeah. we went through and they're teaching you about the phone system they're teaching you about the computers 
and I was very shy. And, uh, they um, said, you, um, they showed us how to do a presentation and stuff. And they're like, okay, now you have to come tomorrow and give us a presentation in front of the class, everybody. And I was just in tears because I was so terrified of having to go do that. Uh-huh. Which was really interesting because I learned it. The guy uh-huh. kind of talked me through it and they showed me a basic process. And I, I would say one of my strongest skills in sales was giving the sales presentation. Really? When it was all said and done. Yeah. But I worked hard through that. So mm. I did the first one, which I was very nervous. I was shaking. You know, I literally was crying the night I had found out I had to do it. But I didn't cry during this thing. But I did it and I got through it. And then I worked to get better. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So, I didn't even know that it, it was hard. It was really hard for you. Very at first. hard. Yeah. Wow. And then what's so cool is then is then you you met Dave. You started dating, and then eventually you guys got married, and and you started and through the process you started your own chiropractic practice together because Dave is a chiropractor. Yep. Which I think was was really cool. But one thing I'd really like to you to to touch on is well, first off, I want to point out that I think Linda did something really smart when when her and Dave started. They didn't try to just fumble and figure things out on their own. They, they, they hired mentors right. to guide them through the process right. so that they didn't have to reinvent the wheel. They could figure out what works. And then what I think was really cool and what, what I've seen Linda do that I don't really see in many other places is she really focuses on the experience because a chiropractor can do a good job fixing you up and things like that. But if the experience isn't good, like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go very far. And experience is something I don't think we really think about too much and you said one thing um and, and what what you like to say about experience is how how it's how we make people feel so um how you say something can be more important sometimes than what you say most definitely so can you talk a little bit about that um the experience or how you say things um i, I think they're kind of kind of together because how you think see things how you say things impacts people's experience yeah. but if you, unless you think they're a little different. i think it comes down to being intentional Mm-hmm. So it bees intentional. So in our chiropractic practice, um, from the moment they talk to us on the phone, the moment they come in, we want them to feel welcome and appreciated. They chose us. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also want them to want to be there and feel like they found the right place. So mm-hmm. everyone is treated with value because they chose us. We're excited that they chose us. So we're very Mm. intentional about that. And it's intentional, not in a fake way. It is authentic. Like Mm. if you don't really feel that way, it's probably not the best place for you to work because you'll Mm. burn out. But the staff that we have and the doctor and myself, we just are real excited that they're there. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. We're very intentional about that. And then, and that's why that experience is created from there, that they're valued and welcomed and appreciated as a person, not just a number moving through. Like even a lot of healthcare and things, the doctors, if people mean well, but you're still kind of processed. Mm. Um, yeah. But then as far as what you say and how you say it, it's all about being intentional. Mm, that's so um, I really thinking say, through what yeah, you're saying. If someone, like, if someone comes in late, we juggle a lot of patients, but if someone comes in late for their appointment, we were going to try to get them in. But I could say, oh, you're late. <laughs> you know? Ooh. Or I could say, oh, you know what, Tommy, we didn't have you scheduled at this time. We'll get you in as quickly as we can. Two different, I said the same thing two different ways. And one feels good, like I'm really helping them out and appreciating them, and the other is more um, condemning. Wow. And by really thinking that through, it can really make a big difference. Yeah. You have to be intentional and, and you want to put yourself in the other person's situation. So you don't want to, in the um, communication, you don't want to um, 
you don't want to alienate an individual or hurt an individual or um, aggravate them uh -huh. in your communication. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then also, and then, then the next step, first off, I think one of the coolest things that you've ever done is that you're married and that you have a son, Matt, who is, he's off to the races, got things going. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that you did recently, which is pretty cool, I think it was, I think it started back in like 2013, but is you started working with a company called Unique. Yeah. And I think this is really interesting and something that you, the listener, should pay attention to because... Um, this could be a really great way to, to start your career off or to start growing yourself. Sure. Um, Unique is network marketing, direct sales. Um, I was not a believer in network and marketing or direct sales. And Unique is a makeup business, which I never thought I'd be selling makeup. I do it online <laughs> on Facebook. Um, but do, I really am a firm believer that direct, if you find the right company, direct sales and network marketing is one of the best businesses you can possibly be in because one, it's totally on you. You can, you can create the income that you want and you can create the work experience, how you work, where you work, what you do, the mm -hmm. time, the flexibility it affords is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it all is contingent upon personal development you get out of it what you put into it. You're your own boss, but you're also responsible for the outcome. So you're not clocking in and putting in time, mm -hmm. which is okay. You know, there's a cushion and maybe for some people it's the right thing for them. Yeah. For me, I like having the control and the ability to kind of work it the way I want to work it oh, yeah. and have that ability. And especially because I'm full in the practice, very much involved with the practice, I can do this as a side business yeah. and it's uh, I learn and I grow a lot of what I learn complements the practice and I can build in um, and as an empty kind of a pseudo empty nester Matt's 22 so you yeah. can go through this period where your kids don't need you anymore uh -huh. um, and at 58 I still am able to take care of myself learn grow mm. um, develop get out of my comfort zone um, both externally like just the physical aspect and then the mental and emotional aspect so mm. that's been a good niche for me Mm, okay, that, that's, that's totally cool. And I think that probably really helps you to be really energetic and passionately excited to be living life because you're continuing to grow in and challenge yourself. Yeah, I don't really, th I think we all need to be doing something, whether it's volunteer work, charity work, or moving forward. So, you know, we're getting up into our 60s, right? Yeah. Close. And a lot of people think about retiring, which is fine. You definitely want to cut back. You, we, you work, you grow, you save, you build. And mm -hmm. you definitely want to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But I think when you stop, you stagnate. Hmm. For me, I think it would get... You could, it'd be great. I mean, it'd be great yeah. to take six months off or a year off or sabbatical or something like that. But I can't see doing that like the next, what, 30 years of my life. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, totally. 20 years of my life. So oh, yeah. I think being productive and growing, I think I mentioned to you, either moving forward, regenerating or degenerating. And yeah. it's a principle in the practice. It's a principle where we're at. You know, you see this day and age now, what the way people did business advertising on TV was big back when I was young. Now it's fading away. Oh, yeah. Things change. And so you have to kind of move forward and stand. And it's real exciting. Mm, right? It yeah. keeps you young. It keeps you moving. It keeps you thinking and interested. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love that. And also, I would like to point out something that, that Linda pointed out to me earlier is the way that she's lived her life. I asked her one question and she's like, you know, I don't really regret anything. You know, like I... I, I'm happy with all the, all the things I've done. And I think that's because she's really lived from her heart and really in anything she's done, she's really tried to, to, to do her best. And I think that's a, a key lesson that we can learn. And then finally, I'd like to ask you if there, was, if there was a young girl sitting here with us who's 19 years old 
and she's really struggling and frustrated because she doesn't know what to do with her life, what advice would you give her? So I think the first thing is fail forward. Don't be afraid to not to try something. So you need to do something. Yeah. You need to continue to improve yourself. It doesn't have to be college. And in fact, if you don't know why you want to go to college, what you want to do on the end, I don't think it's the best choice right now. Even though hmm. everyone thinks go to college and get a great job, I think that's a myth now. Yeah. Uh, maybe go to community college. Uh-huh. But a woman that mentored me with the homeschooling with Matt said, don't go to a college till you know what you want to do. Then pick the professors of what you want to do. College mm-hmm. is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people this day and age feel bad if they don't go to the college. Uh-huh. And I think that that's unfortunate because a lot of people who don't go to the college become the entrepreneurs. Hmm. And um, and they learn and grow. So continue to develop yourself, whether you're taking classes at a community college this day and age, so much on um, the internet, and there's mentors, there's YouTube videos, there's podcasts, oh, like yeah. Tommy's, um, that you can learn and grow. Uh-huh. And then be will try things, try it. Work, mm-hmm. you have to, you still have to work. You can't not work while you're figuring out what you want to do. You need to be productive because that's going to give you experience and that's going to help you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Mm, absolutely. And then also, you want to say one thing about um, one possible option. I, I wanted to point this out that one possible option she pointed out is if, if a great industry to get into is the network marketing industry because the people are so focused on growing themselves. And you said earlier that if you just find a good product, something you really believe in, then just find someone who's really great in that industry, kind of like finding a good professor, and just try to learn from them. Yeah, exactly. So um, network mark- the beauty of network marketing is one, like I love the makeup. I never thought I would, but I love the makeup. It's naturally based, so it fits totally into what we're doing, and it's a high quality so I love it. Yeah. I love the mission of the company, which is to help women. The freedom it gives for, well, men too, if they want to sell makeup. But yeah. the freedom it gives to women to be at home with their kids or to bring in a little bit of extra income. There's so many, and it's all over in different different types of network marketing. But I saw it here, and yeah. it really was aha. So I believe in the products a lot. I believe in the company. And then if you can find the right mentor, mm-hmm. someone that kind of, is not just the money they're making, but how they're conducting themselves, how they're hmm. doing business. Does that resonate with how you would be? Get under that person and you can grow because you don't have any overhead or minimal overhead. You yeah. have the flexibility. You have to work and you have to work hard, uh-huh. but you're working for yourself. You're building something for yourself. Hmm. A lot of network Absolutely. marketing companies, as you build an organization, it's something you can leave to your children. Mm-hmm. So it's more than... Oh, really? Yeah. It's like building a family business. Like the practice can go to Matt. You know, you build an organization, you can pass that on. Mm, depending okay. on how the company's set up. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's a great place because you can earn some side money yeah. or create a full-blown career. And at the, I know a girl in Unique who did it in um, college and paid for her college education. Oh, really? While she was doing Unique. And she's wow. grown. And now she's an influencer on social media. She's out there a marketing. She's getting wow. a lot of recognition on Instagram. And um, and she's an influencer. So an influencer is someone who has such a following that um, companies will be like, oh, show, they'll reach out to her. They'll have you show a product or different things like that. She's very careful with that. But yeah, she's wow. 20. I think she just turned 21. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and she you did it, started college, it when right? she was a sophomore or freshman or sophomore in college. Wow. While she played, uh, she was on a, I think it's a Division B 
but um, Division Two baseball. It's a women's competitive softball team. Oh, really? She was in a sorority, and she ran the social media <laughs> for her uh, school's library. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah. She, like she could pull it off. Someone else could. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much You're for coming welcome. on today. It's a great pleasure. If someone was listening here and they'd really like to reach out to you or something like that, should they look you up on social media? Or Find anything? me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Whitwer. Yep. Linda L. Whitwer. I'm okay. on Facebook. L-I-N-D-A-W-I-T-T-W-E-R. Yep. Wait, no. Linda L. Whitwer? Um, if you're going to do at oh. Linda at Linda L. Whitwer, because there's another Linda okay. Whitwer. Yeah. So at Linda L. Whitwer, that's yeah. me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very Thanks, much, Linda. Tommy. Thanks for asking me.